When one chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore, you are both hunter and prey. How can one be a coward if one chooses this way of life? Have you ever removed your helmet? No. Has it ever been removed by others? Never. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Reserve some for the foundlings. As it should always be. The foundlings are the future. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Welcome everyone from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair Podcast. This is episode number 401. This is our way. I'm, as always, one of our hosts, Jason Hunt. And with me, the Grief Carga to my Cara Dune, we've got Carl LeClaire. Oh, is it just because I'm a disgraced magistrate? Well, I mean, you're kind of the one who's got the, the face going on here, and you're the one that's going to be in charge and keeping, you know, my, my chain code out of the, you know. The hands of the Empire? Exactly. And so all the bounty gotta, hunters. Exactly. <laughs> I could get used to the job, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, as we record this, we sit just a mere four days away from the premiere of Season 2 of Mandalorian. I'm so excited. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm not going to lie. And we thought there's no better way to get geared up and get pumped up for season two coming out this coming Friday than looking back over the entirety of season one. We're going to sit down. Something you and I both love to do for fun is rank things in Star Wars. So we're going to talk about how we rank the season one episodes of Mandalorian and talk about a favorite moment from each episode, a favorite musical cue, as well as a favorite theme from each episode. So we've got a fun full list of season one Mandalorian episodes coming right at you. But before we do, Jason, we had one of the most epic matchups ever in the history of the Wampa's Lair last week. Yeah. And we had a huge turnout, as I kind of was hoping. Um, and I love how much this just, like, drove everybody crazy, because I'm pretty sure it drove us both crazy as well. Um, oh, yeah. But last week, we asked all of you, of there's so many great space battles in Star Wars, but I think it's fair to say that the, the two that kind of rank above the rest, overall, folks love that space battle over Endor as well as the awesome space battle over Scarif in Rogue One. So we ask yeah. you, which space battle do you prefer? Jason, what did folks have to torturously decide? Oh, well, it was, this was close, folks. Uh, we even had a few people <laughs> saying that they couldn't that decide. Sorry. It, it did. <laughs> yes. We even had some people just commenting saying, I can't decide. It's too close, too close to call, you know, things like that. So... Oh, 
this was a nail biter, folks. I was putting the <laughs> list together. Um, you know, we've got our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter. You know, where we where we run these polls, and I'm like, I I, I got Facebook together. Uh, I got the numbers from Carl for Instagram, and I put them together, and I was like, we're tied. <laughs> we're tied. Twitter's going to decide this, and Twitter didn't help much. Uh, <laughs> thankfully we had an odd number of responses on Twitter, but we are sitting right now, ladies and gentlemen, 68 votes for the battle over Scarif and 69 votes for the battle over Endor. Holy crap. <laughs> this is the closest matchup we have had in a long time, Carl, you and I <laughs> yeah. are going to decide this one. I don't know that, that isn't. Yeah, I don't know since if we've ever had one this close. Since we started getting the big responses, we've never been able to decide one. We have not decided a matchup, I think, since we were still in double digits. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, episode. yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Ugh, get tense. <laughs> Oh, Jason, it's coming down to us, my friend. It is. It is. Carl, I know I slaved all week long over this decision. What did you do? Jason, I'll be honest. I didn't I didn't slave at it because while I love both these space battles, I will say I have a solid answer for which one I prefer. And again, okay, okay. No sh- they're both epic and amazing. But... I got to say, Jason, for me, I mean, I got the music going. It's the Battle of Endor. Yeah. (laughs) And and to be honest, like, it's so funny because me and my buddy Greg all the way back in 2016 when when Rogue One came out, you know, Greg absolutely was just – gung-ho like oh my gosh this is the best space battle we've ever gotten in star wars he goes as much as i've always loved return of the jedis i gotta go this one's better and i was like no you're so wrong because <laughs> and we don't ever get any capital ships shooting each other like we do in Ro- or in return of the jedi and greg called me out on it. he's like i don't think we get really any of that to be fair there's like a two second shot of it in return of the jedi so it's yep. not a lot yep. um but you know like here's why i prefer the Battle of Endor. Um, Scarif is visually stunning. Of course it is. It was made in 2016, not 1983. Um, yes. The reason I prefer the Battle of Endor as a space battle, though, is because it set the bar for everything else, which in some ways that nostalgic um, attachment that I obviously have makes it hard to then surmount it with anything else. So I want to obviously own that truth. Um, oh. But I think the thing that just makes me so excited about the – that space battle over Endor is I just, I have more of an attachment to the characters involved. We've got Lando and the Falcon who I really love. I love the millennium Falcon (laughs) and we've got wedge, you know, so we, and we have Akbar. So like, I, I feel a stronger level of attachment to the characters involved. Whereas in the battle of Scarif, like they are cool characters. Don't get me wrong, but they're not particularly characters. I have a strong attachment to. So that being said, that's just kind of why for me it comes down for the Battle of Endor. You know, our our friend Mike Cohen made a great quote. Uh, he made a great comment on our Instagram where he said, um, 
you know, uh, Endor, Endor walked so that Scarif could run. And I think that's obviously like a super great way of putting it, right? Like it set the bar and then Rogue One really did like visually speaking, just blew it, blew it out the water, which is, which is what space battles should be doing in Star Wars now. And to be fair, I think Rogue One's the only one that's even come close to what Return of the Jedi gave us. I feel like the rest of the Disney space battles are very meh, (laughs) um, to me. Um, but yeah, so like, yeah, I love the space battle over Scarif, but the emotional stakes of the Endor battle is just what gives it the tipping point to me. Um, so that's why, to me, it's just always solidly going to be that particular space battle. Um, where does it land for you? Oh, man, I I went back and forth. There are so many great things I love in both of these you know, space battles. Um. But I have stated on this show before in the past that I judge all space battles, not just in Star Wars, but in every movie by Return of the Jedi. And I, I, I have to stay with that. You know, it, you know, the, the Rogue One space battle, super close. Like I considered, you know, knocking Return of the Jedi off its number one spot for me uh, with this battle. Because it is just that spectacular. Uh, and, and I love, uh, Radis, uh, you know, you know, up there barking orders and everything like that in, in the scare space battle. But I do think it does come down to the little moments, the, the character moments and things like that, uh, that keep you just a little bit more invested in the Return of the Jedi space battle than Rogue One. Because as you said, Carl, we know more of them. We've got Lando, yeah. we've got, Akbar, we've got Wedge, you know, and two of those characters we've seen in multiple movies now. So, um, and so I think there's just a little bit more emotional investment. The Scare of Space Battle is, you know, a, a, a they're both desperate space battles. You yes. know, they, they're racing yeah. against a clock, yeah. you know, to, to try and achieve something, before, you know, and, uh, and I think, I think the Scare of Space Battle gets the intensity and that desperation visually um, better represented, um, but emotionally and nostalgically, I still have to go with the battle over Endor in Return of the Jedi. So... So it was super close to me, but I have to do Return of Jedi as well, which gives us a <laughs> final tally in one of our closest polls ever, closest matchups ever, uh, 71 for the battle over Endor and 68 for the battle over Scarif. Super close. Ooh, super close. Thank you, everyone, so much for weighing in. This was an epic, awesome matchup, and I'm so excited uh, that we had that much. Um, yeah. And that much response. to be fair, they both gave us some like incredible opening visuals. So the, you know, that camera angle on top of the X-Wing as it comes out of hyperspace over Scarif with the rest of the fleet. That's something we'd never seen in Star Wars before. It was awesome. Like such an original concept of how to start that battle. Mm-hmm. But couple that with the shot inside the Millennium Falcon cockpit flying into all of those TIE fighters. Also yeah. awesome, right? Like they're both just so cool. Yeah. Ugh. So. Just ri- ridiculous. It puts you right in the action from the get-go. <laughs> sure does. Um, so, 
Huh. All right. Whew. Well, we got a great, uh, <laughs> yeah. a great poll for you guys at the end of this matchup that, uh, you know, is very topic oriented, um, as it should be. But, uh, Carl, before we get to that, we, we've got a whole topic we got to talk about here. We do. Don't we? And one last thing to do before we get into our Mandalorian topic, um, oh, yes. is we, we have a winner for our, uh, Star Wars reads, uh, giveaway. Um, we're obviously we were giving away a copy of the Clone Wars stories of light and dark book. Um, we invited folks to participate, um, over Twitter, Instagram, or just sending emails or writing, um, uh, reviews in the iTunes store. So thank you to everyone who did that, whether you were on Twitter, on the, the iTunes store or on Instagram, thank you so much for getting involved and, 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 um, uh, participating in the giveaway, but we have our winner. Uh, our winner is Jeff Engelhart. Uh, his Twitter username is JW Engelhart. So Jeff, congratulations on your new copy of the Clone War Stories of Light and Dark. Just shoot us an email with your mailing address and we'll get that sent to you um, right away. Uh, if for whatever reason you don't hear the episode, hopefully you see it on Twitter later this week because we will announce it there as well. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. so congratulations, Jeff. Congratulations to you. But yes, so uh, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so um, we are also going to hold off on the New Hope radio drama this week just because uh, we are tackling all eight of the Mandalorian episodes, um, uh, talking about all of them just a little bit this week. So we have we may go a little bit longer than we normally go aim for. So just for the sake of time, we're going to hold off the new hope radio drama just, um, just for another week. Um, so come back for episode 11 next week. Um, if you really can't wait, it's on YouTube. So (laughs) So (laughs) feel free to go there. (laughs) Um, but anyway, Jason, uh, I felt like I really wanted to do a rewatch of season one before the end of the week. And this was the perfect excuse. We, you know, we decided like, Hey, let's sit down, do an entire season one recap. But as is kind of our way of doing things, we love to just play around by ranking things. And we like to just highlight things that we love from every star Wars project. So that's all this is. So while we are going to share how we rank them for ourselves, this is in no way trying to say my number one should be your number one or my number eight should be your number eight. Not at all. This is just how I personally rank them. But like I said, we're going to talk with each chapter, how we rank it. We're going to, you know, name a moment that we really love from the episode, some type of um, theme that we took away from the episode, as well as a musical cue. Jason and I both love the Ludwig Gorenson score for uh, Mandalorian. And I'm so Uh excited. We're going to get a whole other season of Mandalorian music just in a few more days. (laughs) So uh, we also wanted to highlight some of the the music love. So, um, Jason, I'm going to let you kick this party okay. off. Where what is what is your number eighth ranked Mandalorian episode? Excellent. Uh, and just to clarify, everybody, we're only talking things that we like about these episodes. So even if it's ranked number eight and it's our least favorite of the episodes, we're not here going to say, "Ah, uh, well, it's this low because right, X, right, Y, and right, Z right. is terrible." Right. So. Um, if you're, if you're here looking for that stuff, you're not going to get it. Um, you've come but, to the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. You've come to the wrong place. We are here to enjoy our star Wars, not say it's crap. Um, anyways, that was anyway. Um, <laughs> my number eight episode of the Mandalorian, um, is actually chapter six. Uh, the prisoner prisoner. Uh, Pris- yes, yeah. The, the prisoner. prisoner. Um, and, uh, 
This is, of course, the episode where Mando teams up with his old crew and they go back to to rescue. Um, oh, now I'm just blanking on his name. I had it earlier. Uh, oh, uh, um, Shion's brother. <laughs> I, can't yeah, Shion. I can't remember his name either. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, but yeah, Shion's brother, blue, or the purple Twi'lek. Jason, I'm gonna uh, real quick. Quinn. Quinn, that's right. But I was just going to say really quick, This, I think this just shows how older brains work. When you and I were probably kids, you know, anything we saw, Star Wars, anything we ate up, we remembered every little detail. My brain just doesn't work yep. that way anymore. Like, I can see his face. I can even think of some of his lines, mm. but his name? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. I, I will say what would help is if StarWars.com gave us episode guides for these or uh-huh. if they gave me a visual guide. I think there is one coming out. There's a visual guide coming out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. (laughs) I need one. Go study Uh, up. (laughs) (laughs) It'll start sticking if I have a visual guide. Now that we're older, Uh, Jason, we need to do flashcards with each other. (laughs) Yes, yes, flashcards. Um, All right. Sorry. But yeah, so they're going to go rescue uh, Quinn and they they steal, you know, sneak aboard the prison ship, uh, the Republic prison, New Republic prison ship, that sort of thing. My favorite moment from this episode is the command center showdown uh, where they make it to the command center to, you know, shut everything down. And so they're not going to get caught and they run into Matt Lanter. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I, I love this scene uh, because you really kind of get the heightened dynamic of all of the characters involved. You get, you know, this is the scene that boils down who everyone is mm. on this crew right now. You got the Mandalorian, you got Shion, you got uh, Berg, 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 yep, Berg, 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 um, uh, and then you got um, Mayfeld. What's his face? Mayfeld. Mayfeld. Thank yep. you. I again. Yep. Mayfeld. Yeah, Mayfeld. Uh, you've got all of them and their attitudes and who they are kind of on display as they try and shout each other down or take over control. You know, uh, the the confrontations happens between Mando and Mayfeld, and they're you know Mayfeld's trying to puff his chest up and say, "No, I'm in charge. You can't do that." And then finally, Berg just goes, "I'm tired of all this. I'm going to get in the middle." And he you know pulls his guns, and uh, meanwhile, uh, Matt Lanter's just you know panicked and you know all that stuff. So uh, <laughs> I, I love the cameo in this scene, but I I also love just kind of that microcosm of who everyone is on display um, in the episode. So that's great. And Shion does her own little at the end and just goes, you guys are just wasting time. Why don't you just kill him and be done with it? You know, she's a bloodthirsty little minx. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, should I do music or theme next? Whatever you want. Okay, I'll do theme. Okay. Um, and the theme is that I picked up from this episode is that you cannot return to your past mm. um, because you've changed mm. and everyone else has changed. Um, so as much, you know, Mandalorian is at this point where things are getting a little bit heated and he's running out of options. And so when he's running out of options, he tries to go back to what was comfortable, what he used to do, only to find out that he's way different now. And 
everyone else is a bit different too. So you can't go back and make the past work again, you know, the way that it did before. Sure. So, and he really has to, you know, come to grips with that. And obviously we see that because he decides to completely change the rules, so to speak on everyone uh, when things don't go the way that he was told they would. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's the theme I picked up. My favorite piece of music from this episode um, is little mousy. So uh, this is the piece of music when they're sneaking around. So cool on a piano. Yeah. And then, of course, at the end of this, we also have the music that plays when Mando um, has his brawl with the security droids, which is also a great moment from this episode. So, I just love it. Yeah, so I, cool. I love the, the 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 sneaking part is kind of different and new for star wars um but then you know you've got the the stabbing brass and the you know crazy strings that are you know indicative of, of star wars action cues um you know when he's taken down the droids and everything like that all all done with that ludwig Göransson twist so um but yeah so that's that's my favorite stuff from the prisoner chapter six of the mandalorian my eighth favorite episode of the season excellent um what's your number eight well yeah my my eighth ranked my eighth favorite of mandalorian episode is actually chapter five the gunslinger um ah. obviously the story of mandalorian returning to not returning to but going to tatooine for some repairs and meeting up with uh, uh very interesting new Star Wars character, Toro Calican, as they're hunting for Fennec Shand, a very cool assassin character in Star Wars. Um, my favorite part, my favorite moment in this particular episode um, is actually the fight between Toro and Fennec Shand. I think it's such yeah. a, like a, a well-choreographed fight. Um, it's really cool seeing martial arts in Star Wars because that's essentially what it seems like Fennec Shand is doing. And I believe Fennec is played by um, Ming-Na Wen, uh, I believe is the actor's name, right? Um, yes. So it's this. It's just a really cool – I mean Mandalorian is the first it's Star Wars property to really give us some great hand-to-hand type fighting. Like the movies don't really do that. Um, and I love this fight between Toro – Calican and Fennec Shand because it just shows how much Mandalorian was right. Toro doesn't stand a chance. He's so in over his head. She's literally just toying with him that whole fight and just totally kicks his butt. And I love it. Um, oh yeah. And in my mind now, again, I don't know if this has been confirmed anywhere canonically, but in my mind, Fennec Shand is a master of Terracasi, <laughs> just like Dryden <laughs> Voss and Kira and Maul himself. So like that's the only specific form of martial art we've that's been named in the Star Wars canon, which is Terrace So in my mind, Fennec Shand is a master of Terrace Um So and she uses that to easily kick the crap out of Toro Calican. Um, so I really enjoy that moment. I love like when Mando's getting up and he's steaming, and you can just see the blaster shot as Toro starts the fight, and then 
just gets totally destroyed. But right, it's it's the perfect it's the perfect uh, showing of what Mandalorian told him, which is you're in over your head, and and we see that really come to a head. Um, so uh, my favorite, yeah. so th- one of the themes that I took out of this episode that I really enjoy is actually uh, the importance of respecting different cultures and valuing what others value, even if it's not what you value. And what I mean by that is that that moment when they stop to talk to the Tuscans. I love how the Mandalorian responds to them. He he actually says like, well, according to them, everyone else is trespassers. So he seems to have this kind of innate respect for cultural senses of identity, um, which makes a lot of sense as a Mandalorian. He has such, you know, such strong value in his own traditional values that he's going to respect a culture that also holds to something like that. So I love I love the importance that Mandalorian shows us of of respecting thing, respecting people that are different from us and um, listening to what what they value. So obviously what's valuable to these Tuscans is this is their land. Um, and Mandalorian wants to respect the fact that, yes, like in a very practical sense, I don't want them to harass us along the way and be shooting at us or we have to fight them, but also just the respect of, hey, in, in their custom, this land belongs to them. So let's respect that. Um, so I, I love that, that theme from the episode. Um, my favorite piece of music in the episode uh, is when they are just having a great time riding those speeder bikes. And it's the track called speeder bikes off of the score um it is so much fun especially when it kicks in right about here hold on here we go this is what i want It's so stinking cool to me. It's got like this really neat um like beat to it. It's got almost like a uh almost like a, a, a Caribbean feel. Um uh as if like they're on this like vacation or something. <laughs> so um it's, yeah, I just I love that piece of it's, music. It, uh, it's it, it it's really fun. It's definitely a tribal Yes, very yes, very tribal sounding. sounding. Um, but yeah, to me, it also just makes me think a little bit of a vacation. Um, and in a weird way, this is like (laughs) a stop off for Mandalorian. So this is how he vacations apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to jump right in on this episode because this is my, uh, my number seven. Um, so did you have anything else you wanted to say? No, no, no. Yeah. I'm all set. All right. Cool. Um, I, I will just mention right now that that's my favorite piece of music from the episode as well is <laughs> the speeder bikes. Yeah, it's so, so good. Uh, it's really good. It's 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 the one piece of music on the, the soundtrack that really kind of just jumps out at you, you know, and and is showcases itself in a in a unique way. So it always sticks in my head when I'm listening to the soundtracks and it's like, ah yes. Uh, plus, it's just a fun-sounding piece of music. Um, my favorite moment from this episode, though, is the final showdown between Toro Calican uh, and the Mandalorian in the docking bay. Nice. Um, you know, Toro's got uh, the child 
in one hand and uh, Peli Moto um, at Blaster Point uh, and the Mandalorian Din uh, knows exactly the, what he's you know walking into um, and and takes appropriate precautions uh, and and is able to outwit Toro because Toro is arrogant and inexperienced. So, um, but I love the, I love this scene um, because we do get to see that experience matters sometimes. <laughs> and we get to see that the uh, Mandalorian, the way he's changing and treating people like Peli uh, pays off because she, you know, is there to kind of help him out. Uh, plus she's concerned about the baby, you know, um, and, and all that stuff. And, and we get the, the moment afterwards when Toro is blasted off the, <laughs> the boarding ramp and they have to go find the child in the, uh, all the, the crates and everything. And he just peeks around the, the basket and smiles at them. And, <laughs> but yeah, I love, I love that moment. It's my favorite moment of the episode. Because everything sort of slow burns up to that. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so my favorite theme from this episode um, is trust is important. Be careful with it. <laughs> um, because Mando is learning to trust people uh, now. Now that he's sort of having to be on his own. He's trying to learn to trust people. And and he trusts quickly both Peli and Toro. Uh, early on, you know, to some extent, Toro. Uh, I think he trusts Toro to be, uh, you know, a hotshot and a bit arrogant. So, um, <laughs> but he kind of he kind of puts his trust a little bit in in Pele to watch out and and safeguard the child while he's busy trying to make the money to you know move on. But um, he. I think he was hoping for better with Toro, but he trusted him to only look out for himself, I think. So uh, I think that's that's kind of where where that that theme is coming from for me is, you know, he's both trusting that Peli will, you know, trusting Peli herself to be, you know, truthful with him and to be able to watch out for the the child, but I think he's also trusting Toro to act in his self-interest no matter what. Uh, I think he was hoping for better out of Toro Calican, but obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I love that. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a great theme to pick up on too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my number, number seven. yeah, my number seven. Um, and, and honestly, I'm not surprised with the way these shake down. So my number seven is chapter six, the prisoner. Um, Ah, so, so yeah, just flipped, flipped ours here. Um, and to be fair, both of these, um, <clears throat> they can go either way for me. Um, it's depending on the type of day. Um, when I was watching through season one for the first time with my partner, she really liked this episode a lot. So it kind of, it made me enjoy it more than I had originally. Um, but, uh, my favorite moment in this episode is when Man- the Mandalorian takes on the new Republic guards. Um, the droids. Ah. Oh, it's just such a great fight scene. Um, again, kind of similar to what I was saying with the previous episode. You know, I, I, I really enjoy that some of the hand to hand fights we get in this show. Um, 
and what I think is so so interesting about the way the Mandalorian throws himself into this fight is again it's been built up all the way up through this point that Mandalorian really hates droids <laughs> um, and his old crew yeah. really knows that and you know the way Mayfeld holds Shien back and tells Berg to just let it be as he just like there's a ferocity in with which he he attacks these droids um, and even though he takes a few shots luckily he's got Beskar um you know, he just, I mean, pulls heads off, sets them on fire. I mean, it's just brutal the way he takes them down. Um, so, and it's just, a, again, a really well choreographed fight scene. Um, I, I enjoy it every time I watch it. It's so good. Um, now, to me, a theme, it's, my theme is very similar to yours, Jason, which is essentially, um, you know, that we're not bound by our past, you know, um, that just because you used to do something and used to be a certain way doesn't mean you have to continue doing those things or being that way. Um, he is a very different person. And what I think is important is everyone assumes he's not. Everyone assumes up to the same old Mandalorian. He's brutal. He loves violence and he's going to kill everything he can. And, you know, that closing shot that shows everyone in the prison cell shows that he is just not that person anymore. And you can almost sense the whole episode that there is a disdain that he has for that past life he lived. Like, I think he just, he's a, he's at a very different place in his own, uh, in his own journey. And he just, he's just not that, that violent killer that they all think he is. So I love that. I love that, that message that just because you've done something wrong, doesn't mean that's all you are or all you'll ever be. Um, which, which is a message we've gotten in star Wars before, right? I mean, that's ultimately the story of Darth Vader, but um, it's cool to see it in a very microcosm way in this in the story of Mandalorian. Um, but my yeah. favorite piece of music, and to be fair, Jason, I did my best to try not to pick the Mandalorian theme from every episode because yeah. it's just so good and it's so well used in every episode. But I got to say, yeah. the way it's used for the opening credits for Chapter 6 in, in the track The Gang has such a cool beat. So freaking cool, man. Um, that's, it's pretty. Yeah. Good. It's pretty cool. It's, it's like, you know, walking down the street with your, with your gang and that's playing yeah. it. It's, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's literally like, I mean, they, it's again, just the genius of Ludwig Gornson is, is he took the Mandalorian theme and just gave it a like hip hop beat. It's so cool. Um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, there's some other great music in the episode. Don't get me wrong, but I just like every time I watch that episode, the way that he plays the intro theme, I'm like, oh my god, that's so cool. Um, so that's, yeah, that's it's my pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, so. yeah, I, I like you. I tried not to pick the Mandalorian theme um, for for the episodes because that kind of stands on its own and it's in every episode. Yeah. Um, but. Sometimes you have to make an exception. Yeah. So, and that's a good exception to make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what is your sixth favorite Mandalorian episode? My sixth favorite, and this is weird, uh, you know, and everyone's like, what? Because I do love this episode, and everyone knows that it's a good episode. Um, it's actually chapter one. Nice. You know, number, uh, number six. Um, and 
there's a lot that gets sort of established in this episode, but my, my favorite moment from this episode is the very end, the introduction of the child. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the whole sequence there is really great, but the, the final shot of just the Mandalorian there reaching out over the bassinet and the little hand reaching up towards his is possibly my favorite shot in the entire series so far. Um, it's just everything changes for for Din in this moment when that bassinet opens up and they figure out what's going on. Everything changes. He doesn't realize how much it's changed until, you know, a little bit later. But everything changes and he has to take that step back to go, what am I doing? Where... I'm turning a child into who is someone who is possibly a mass murderer, you know? (laughs) Um, Plus, I mean, it was one of the biggest surprises of the entire series getting a a baby Yoda, essentially. So, um, so that is my favorite moment of this episode. Uh, Favorite theme um, is uh, we're all part of something bigger than ourselves. Um, you know, Din is part of the Mandalorians and, you know, Quill reminds him that, you know, he's not just a Mandalorian, but he is part of the Mandalorians as a culture, as a people, as a history, as a, you know, as a legend, you know, it, it, there's a whole lot that goes with that. And it's something much bigger than just him and the armor he's wearing. Um, Quill, even in himself, you know, is part of something bigger. It's his valley and he's doing everything he can in this valley to protect it and to safeguard it. And, and he is, is part of, of this ecosystem, so to speak, uh, on, on this planet. Um, and, and that sort of thing. So everyone is part of something bigger than themselves. And it's, you know, you have to find your place in all of that and how that, impacts who you are and what you do so but yeah that's uh that's my favorite love it theme from that Uh, my my favorite piece of music um and it was highlighted uh in our our music may uh is is gonna gotta be hammer time from (laughs) the, the season one soundtrack i love the forging theme from this show Oh, you think you're done? You're not done yet. You think you're done? Not done yet, no. Man, those drums. I love the Mandalorian. I love the Mandalorian theme itself, but honestly, this might be my favorite theme from the the soundtrack uh, from the show. So awesome. the Mandalorian theme kind of stands on its own as sort of an umbrella theme for the whole show. But this might be my favorite theme from the actual show. So um, I love the forging theme. Um, and I, I, 
I kind of hope we end up in a situation where we get to hear it again <laughs> sometime later in season two or three or whatever. But uh, yeah, I love that theme so much. It's so good. Yeah, those that percussion um, to just like <laughs> to just accompany the literal hammering of of this armor being made is just brilliant. Mm-hmm. So so cool. Yeah, love yeah. it. Love it. Um, well, my sixth favorite Mandalorian episode is Chapter Seven: The Reckoning. Um, and I, I love you know. I mean, I love the last two episodes. They're a great two parter. Um, and my favorite moment from, from this particular part of that though, from, from the reckoning is Mandal was when the Mandalorian comes up with this plan to surrender himself. So towards the end of the episode, they're about to go into Navarro. Uh, well, I guess they're on Navarro. It's the planet, but they're about to go into the city on Navarro and they're forced to kind of come up with a plan on the spot because grief Karga admits that the idea was to kill them. And then, uh, you know, take the child and, and surrender him to the client. But he has a change of heart because of what happens to him where the child um, heals him. But uh, it's this great moment where it shows that the Mandalorian is just a very quick thinker. He's really good at just improvising, um, which honestly reminds me a lot of, you know, my favorite character, Han Solo, because that's what Han does all the time. <laughs> He's always improvising. Um yeah. But what's interesting about how Mandalorian is kind of improvising here, though, is I, I love what you said um, from, you, you know, the first episode you talked about with this theme of, be, you know, you know, trust people, but be careful with it. Here you have the Mandalorian really trusting everybody in his company right now. He's going to yeah. trust Cara Dune to come in and protect him. He's going to trust, trust, trust Grief Karga to also to protect him. And he's going to entrust the child to Quill. Um and it just he's going to do whatever it takes to to take out this this client so that he and the child can finally be free and in order to do that he has to trust these other characters and that leads to my theme which to me the one of the greatest themes of this this episode again is a very prominent star wars theme but it's the importance of building a team the importance of working together the importance dare i say to make a family um i don't know that they would necessarily consider themselves a family quite yet um but that's such it right chosen family is a huge part of star wars and this is something that's at least in the same vein even if it's not directly that but it's it's showing how important it is that the mandalorian knows he has a big task ahead of himself but he need he can't do this alone so he assembles a team and it's this really important reminder of how much we need others around us especially with dealing with the toughest things that that we face in life we really need to surround ourselves with good people and that's what mandalorian does in this episode now jason as far as music goes i am cheating a bit and once again kind of picking a derivative of the mandalorian theme but i'm just i gotta go with my gut while there's so much great music i'm going with the stuff that i just always just it gives me such an emotional response and this comes from the track this is it which what's that What'd you say? I said, do it, <laughs> well, do it. Yeah. Um, but this is the music that actually accompanies the scene I was just talking about. And again, it's called, this is it on the score. But I love how it gets kind of like this watches. It kind of gets a little more strained here.
I just I love it because of what it what it's also accompanying visually. Um, that shot of Quill carrying the child away in that blue um, oh. cloth. Um, it's just really beautiful, and, and to me, it's just it's this very heroic moment. Um, it's heroic of all of them walking into the devil's nest here. So, um, and and just it, it, kind of that beautiful emotional strain that we get with the music as the child watches them all walk off. I mean, if you really think about it, the Mandalorian is setting a beautiful example for this child um, about showing the importance of, you know, surrendering yourself into the hands of others. <laughs> so um, that's my, that's my thoughts on, on my sixth favorite Mandalorian episode. Excellent. I love it. I love it. Um, shall we go to my number five then? Yes, let's do it. Well, we're going to go all the way to the end of the season, and that's going to be Chapter 8, Redemption. Nice. Um, a fantastic finale uh, to this show. Um, I love this episode so much. Uh, my favorite moment from this episode, however, there's so many good ones. There are so many good moments in this episode. It's hard to pick some. Um, but I think, you know, just on my rewatch, the thing that really got me pumped up was the armor of badassery. Um, <laughs> so when yeah. he took down that platoon of stormtroopers, I, I love that moment. And she's a fantastic character and someone I'm really hoping we see come back. Um, because there, there's so much to her that's there, but we, we haven't had a chance to explore any of it. Um, and, and from what we know, she survived. So last we saw her she was standing there guarding her forge um which was you know once she was finished with her task was going to be broken down and she was going to leave so we'll see what happens um i would love to see her come back in some way shape or form somehow for for din and the child to run across her again but gosh that moment was just amazing uh to watch her take down all those stormtroopers um single-handedly yeah with nothing but her forging implements. So, um, yeah, so good. My, uh, my favorite theme from this, um, this episode is that you grow through your shortcomings, you know, things like that. And the big point that I wanted to make with this is, you know, Mando doesn't accept his signet, uh, early on, in season or in episode three, because he doesn't, he says he hasn't earned it. Mm. Um, yeah. He was helped by an enemy who didn't know as an enemy, you know, referring to the child. When the armorer discovers, you know, that that was who this was and has, you know, gotten the full picture of what's going on now. She says, no, this is it. You're, you're a clan of two now. You've earned your signet. You've more than earned it. And you are now, you know, as its father until it is either of age or returned to it, its people. Uh, and Mando has just grown and stepped into a whole new world that he never expected for himself. You know, he's, he's stepping into... Uh, uh, the role of guardianship as a role of surrogate father, uh, you know, nothing he ever thought he'd he'd experience. Uh, 
up to this point, but he has grown so much in such a short amount of time just by having this little creature in his life. And she's the one to identify it and give him the signet. And, you know, really for all of us to, to hear, say you are now a clan of two. Um, and I love that moment. It is such a good, good focal point for this episode. Um, and gives us a great jumping off point for obviously what we're going to get in season two. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, favorite, favorite musical track from this episode. Uh, this is a classic Jason pick in that it's pure action music, uh, but it's going to be the track nurse and protect. <laughs> and this is where an IG 11 blasts into town. I mean, this is just some fun, intense, epic action music. There's not, you know, I, I don't have a super deep reason as to why I like this track. Um, it's just fun, it's epic, and it's intense, and I love it. Um, but it also kind of, it, it plays really well with, uh, you know, first initially the, you know, IG-11 zooming in on the speeder bike, blasting stormtroopers through the streets as he has towards the, the courtyard, and then the... You know the ensuing courtyard brawl that happens with all of our characters getting in on the action, and it's just an incredible epic action sequence. Um, and I love this track that goes with it. It's it's fantastic, and it keeps up with with all the craziness going on on screen. Sure does. Just zooming through city. <laughs> so, but he's safe. Doesn't doesn't bother blasting that cute little Jawa between those two stormtroopers. I love that. <laughs> nope. Well, just stormtroopers are the only ones that prove danger at this point. So that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's some protect. It's his prime programming at this point. So I love it. Um, and that's that's my number five. What's your number five, sir? My number five is um, chapter one. The Mandalorian, um, right? Like it's it's what kicked it all off. It set the new flavor for what this show was going to be. Um, and my Ooh. favorite moment, boy, what's that? I said, "Boy, did it!" <laughs> yes, it's so good. Um, my favorite moment in this episode is classic Carl here, Jason. It's a conversation scene. Um, <laughs> So it's the conversation that Quill and the Mandalorian have um, kind of right before he goes into the pirate camp. Um, And because they're on like a stony outcropping, that's almost like a ledge. I'm calling it a balcony scene. Um, That's right. (laughs) I am using my Wampus Lair powers to declare this yet another beautiful balcony scene in the world of Star Wars. Um, but my the reason I love balcony scenes forever in Star Wars is because they're beautiful character moments where characters reveal parts of themselves, uh, reveal something about who they are as a person, um, sometimes share, you know, dreams and desires. 
And that's kind of what happens in this moment. Mandalorian is so grateful and so respectful of Quill. He wants to offer Quill some money. He, he's been an invaluable help to the Mandalorian in his journey. And he just wants to say thank you. Um, which right away, like it, it was the first time, um, really where you're like, wow, this isn't just some like cold hearted, selfish bounty hunter. Like we've always met in star Wars before, which is honestly what I was kind of expecting. Um, so it's a really great moment where he just shows that he really values and respects the help that Quill offered to him because he really needed it too. Um, which is another thing I love about who the Mandalorian is. He's not afraid to say that he needs help. Um, and it's also a beautiful moment for Quill because he basically says, why'd you help me then? And Quill admits like, well, because these pirates are making my peaceful valley a very unpeaceful place. And you're a Mandalorian. And I've heard stories about you. Like Quill kind of offers up this sense of awe and wonder at who the Mandalorian is just because he's a Mandalorian. And I think that that mm -hmm. obviously really props up the Mandalorian's own sense of himself. Um, so it's just this beautiful exchange where Mandalorian is grateful of Quill because he offers help. And Quill is also grateful for the Mandalorian because he got to meet a Mandalorian <laughs> and, and he wants to see if the stories are true. Um, so I love that. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't really have a very in-depth theme for this episode other than it's just the start of a new journey. I love that. That's kind of the, the whole point of this first chapter is, is, this is a journey we weren't expecting. Again, like going into that show, I kind of expected this just very like, oh, great. It's going to be a story all about the gray and, um, you know, like, oh, uh, and, and to be fair, there are a lot of gray characters. Sure. And those are important. But it set the precedent that the Mandalorian ultimately, though, he's going to protect a child. <laughs> um, yeah. So th in a way that this this first episode is all about setting the setting the course for the rest of this series, which is ultimately one of self-discovery for the Mandalorian and really coming to understand what it means for him to be a hero um, in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, that's what I love about this episode. And um, I'm sorry, but I got to do it again. It's, it's, it's the use of the Mandalorian theme in the track. You are a Mandalorian. And like I was saying with Quill, Quill really believes in him as he's trying to teach him to ride a blurg. And we we hear musically the struggle that the Mandalorian is having, um, you know, having to learn how to ride, ride this blurg. And it's kind of this process. It's the first time you get a full statement of the theme in the show, which, I mean, is fair. It's the yeah. first episode. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's obviously the title track of the show, which we're going to get in its entirety at the end of every episode. But this is the first time you see it on screen. And again, it's this it's that moment where, in a very small way, he, he mounts what seemed to be insurmountable, right? Um, so it kind of just sets a precedent for the rest of the, the show, both with the character himself, but also the way the music is used. So 
I love that track. Yeah. No, it's a great track. It was it was up for my favorite track too. So, uh, but got edged out by Hammer Time by just a little bit. Yeah, no, so. I'm, I'm glad it did just because I'm glad we got to talk about Hammer Time. <laughs> it's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. But what is what is your number four favorite Mandalorian episode? My number four. We're gonna go to Chapter Three, The Sin. Um, Probably, you know, this is a an episode that a lot of people will have higher on their list than me, but it's, uh, you know, I'm always just a little bit off kilter from all the other ranking lists. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Attack of the Clones at number two, anybody? Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> uh, but my favorite moment from chapter three is, uh, again, that the, they end the episodes so perfectly. Um in, in this, this show and the, the end scene where uh, Din is getting ready to fly away with the child and he's there with the child in his lap and, you know, reaches up and unscrews the, the lever knob and drops it in the child's hand uh, is my favorite moment of this episode um, because it's a great callback to when he realized what he was doing was wrong, you know, mm, yeah. and what he had to do. So, because that was the, that was the moment when he, you know, was screwing that back in, uh, getting ready to leave in the middle of the episode that he realized what he, what his job was now, what he had to do. And there's no logical reason for a bounty hunter to do what he's about to do, but he does it. And when we get that callback and get the the culminating moment of that choice at the end of the episode with him and the child in giving him the knob again, that is my favorite moment from this episode. Um, favorite theme is along the lines of what I was just talking about is that sometimes what is right isn't easy. Um, you know, because he realizes what the right thing he has to do is. Not only is it against the rules of his own occupation, but it's hard because he has to break into an imperial safe house, you know, fight his way through a bunch of stormtroopers, rescue the kid and get out. Uh, and things just get more and more complicated as it goes. You know, it's not easy. It's hard. It almost kills him. Um, but he does it anyways. Uh, so because it's the right thing to do, it's the right thing for him to do yeah. um, in particular. But it's the right thing to do. Uh, and uh, he, he does it. So, um, Favorite piece of music in this uh, episode. We're, we're going to get the, uh, the forging theme again uh, with <laughs> Signet. Um, I, like I said, probably my favorite theme in the show. It's so much more ominous this time. A little slower. And emotional this time. Yes. Because you get his backstory really a little bit more of it, you know?
Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it kind of just stretches it all out to, you know, uh, an emotional chord uh, with the theme in this episode. Um, and I, I love that uh, as we, we get the flashes of his backstory uh, in the hammer strikes of the forge. So, yeah. so good. Yeah. It's, it's really, really cool the way they, they kind of bring all that together. Yeah, for sure. So what is your number four, Sarah? My number four is uh chapter eight redemption. Um, nice. You know, a great, uh, in a weird, so in some ways this episode to me almost has like a two part feel. Like you have the, the opening part with, with all the standoff mm-hmm. and the fighting and, um, and then you've got the little quest in the lava lake into the ending. I don't know. It, it's it's almost, I mean, it, it definitely all fits well together, but it's almost like a two-part episode in its own way, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to just really quickly, Jason, I'm going to I'm gonna cheat and pull a, what I call a Jason, which is bending the rules occasionally. Because um, I just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share two favorite moments because one of them is really quick and I don't have much to say to it. Um, but the first one is just, okay. it's that brief little fight between the Mando and the Death Troopers. Um, I just love it. It's so cool. Um, seeing him go toe to toe with a couple death troopers. Um, and these are like the elite of the elite soldiers up against an elite warrior and the elite warrior just kicks their butts and I love it. (laughs) Um, I mean, to be fair, they put up a good fight, but they don't, they don't, they don't stand a chance against Din Djarin. Um, but the other might, but like the, the more emotionally heavy favorite moment from this episode is the moment when IG 11 removes Din's helmet and heals him because to me, this is a moment, not just of physical healing, but also one that heals his soul, right? The entire season, we, we, almost every episode, there's some sort of hint at the fact that the Mandalorian hates droids. And because of those moments, like the, from like the one you were just talking about, Jason, where we obviously get bits and pieces of those flashbacks of his, of his story. And you ultimately learn why he hates droids he has ptsd from what happened to him in the clone wars um so he just doesn't trust droids and he especially seems to have a hard time especially with ig11 um so in this beautiful moment when he he'd rather ig11 just kill him there and be done with it go out like a warrior because he says no no living thing has ever seen me um well, I am not a living thing. And then just beautifully like pulls his helmet. I, I really hope we do see more of Pedro Pascal's face. Also would love to learn that Pedro Pascal is in the costume more. That really bothered me, that article where he was interviewed. And he pointed out that it's not because he didn't want to be in the costume. It's because Disney didn't let him, which just really annoys me. Like the dude can freaking physically act. Have you seen Game of Thrones? Um, we don't need John Wayne's grandson. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like no disrespect to the other two folks that inhabit the, the, the costume, but let Pedro Pascal do his job. But anyway, that's a side note. Um, and I don't think he wasn't complaining about it. I, let me be clear. Like Pedro is not complaining. He's just pointing out that like, Oh, I wish they'd let me do more. Um, but be that as it may, I love that moment when IG 11 takes off the helmet and, and offers that sense of healing. Um, it's just a very beautiful moment. And that leads to my theme from the episode. And, um, to me, it's ultimately, uh, something that I think is so valuable here is that you need to have an openness to having your beliefs changed, especially when they come into an experience that's counter to the beliefs that you hold. Mandalorian all along has believed that every single droid is bad. 
Doesn't matter what any type of reprogramming, reprogramming they've had or anything like that. All droids are bad. They're all terrible things. And then he has this beautiful, vulnerable moment with IG-11. And now he has a very strong experience where that belief he was clinging to just isn't true. So what does he do? He changes his belief. <laughs> and I love that. Um, so, you know, when IG-11 decides to sacrifice himself so that everyone else can survive, Mandalorian, he says, don't be sad. I'm not sad. I'm a nurse droid. I've detected it in your voice, <laughs> you know? So it's yeah. like he's really come full circle. And I think that is such a powerful message, especially in our world today. Just because you believe something to be true doesn't mean that it necessarily is. And you got to be humble enough to change your beliefs. Um, and I love that that's, to me, that's the redemption of Din Djarin more than anything else. I think that's what the title of the episode refers to, is the fact that you got to learn to change your beliefs because sometimes they're wrong. Um, so I love that about this episode. Um, but like you, Jason, I'm in the same musical boat as you. Nurse and Protect is some of the darn coolest music we've ever gotten in Star Wars. Um, so, you know, I played a lot of it for when you are. So I'm going to go up to the part where you get um, him actually fighting the Death Trooper. It gets this. Let me. Uh, where is it? Oh, here it is. Yeah. Hey, I don't know. This right there. I don't know what instrument that is, though, but the I love that. Just like that melody that's being carried is. Is he kind of do you know what it is? I I want to say it might be like a trombone. I think it's a couple. I think it's uh, okay. like a, maybe a trombone um, and a, a drum of some sort. So I, mean, um, I'm gonna do it I think time. the horns are like a trombone and a tuba. Okay. Um, I think. See, this is when I just... There's some layering going on there, Yeah, so. absolutely right. It's it's obviously more than one instrument. And I know that we do have several folks who listen to us who are more musically, technically educated than the two of us. So if you know what those instruments mm -hmm. are being used in that that kind of... That, that little melody there, please let us know. Because um, I, I just don't, and I'd love to. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, there's definitely some horns. The drums are keeping the beat. Um, it's not just one thing, but I just, da -dum, da -dum, da -dum. it's so freaking cool. And that's when he's fighting the death yeah. trooper and Kara's up on the, the bar, just blasting away. It's just, uh, like you said, Jason, like, I don't have any like deep reasoning as to why I love it. It just, it pumps me up, <laughs> gets me. I mean, yeah. like I'd want to jump up out of my seat when I watch that scene. Um, it's one of those tracks. I mean, uh, Mandalorian is the only consistent Star Wars music I've ever listened to in the gym and this is one of those tracks that just like gets me pumped up and ready to go so oh yeah I, I, I can see why <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a darn good one um, I just I just love the fact that it's called nurse and protect I know, um, <laughs> I know it it's, it's, what a great title right uh, yes yeah um all right. Well, we are into our top three Mandalorian episodes. What chapter is your third favorite episode of season one, Jason? My third favorite episode of season one is chapter two, 
the child. Um, That's a good one. I think this is a great episode. I love this episode a lot, and I, I'm sure it's higher on your list. Um, but uh, I absolutely adore this episode. My, my favorite moment from this episode is the Mudhorn fight. Um, oh, yeah. It's a it's a great action piece, but it's also just you know the it hurts watching it sometimes. You know, you just feel the pain uh, as as Din gets beat and battered by this this giant creature, but he keeps getting up. He keeps getting up, and then of course with the moment where the child jumps in, and you you know we finally see the force at work. Um, you know, we're like, ah, this, that's, this is getting involved, you know, that sort of thing. It was such a great moment to watch for the first time, but it's also such a fantastic moment to rewatch again and again and again. Um, my favorite theme from this episode is that you can't make it on your own. Mm. Uh, and the Mandalorian learns this with everyone he interacts with, you know, as much as he hates the Jawas, he needs them because he needs all his ship back. Uh, Sorry, the, child, the way you said ship right there sounded like the other word. <laughs> oh, sorry. both work. Yes. He does ship. need all that stuff back. <laughs> P. There's, there's a P at the end of that. Uh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> Do you recognize this? Um, <laughs> um, you know, obviously the child saves his life with the mud horn, but then, and then Quill, you know, he needs Quill, you know, not only to help him put his, the razor crest back together, but in order to find and negotiate with the Jawas, you know, he needs everyone in that episode in some way, shape or form in order to, to get back in order to be able to leave, uh, to, you know, survive or whatever the case may be. You, you cannot do it on your own. You have to have people there, to walk with you, to be, you know, to be there when you need them and that sort of thing. And that's, uh, you know, that's such an important thing to learn is that, you know, as much as sometimes we like to think, you know, oh, I can do this, I can handle this on my own, you know, no man is an island, no, you know, so you, you have to be able to reach out and ask for help. Uh, and because we can't do this on our own, it's just not possible. Um, Favorite piece of music from this episode uh, the closing track, The Next Journey. It's just, this is the one where I really got the Mandalorian theme involved in my favorite tracks. Uh, it, it's just such a victorious, celebratory piece. And it's really kind of the, the moment where, uh, for a brief moment, everything's all right. Everything is good for just the briefest moment. Great build. Just bringing in a string. But then we go up again. Um, <laughs> yes, so. here we do.
love oh, it just keeps reaching and reaching and reaching oh god it's so good yes <laughs> so so good uh it's so good it's so very good um but yeah it it's my favorite track from this this soundtrack uh from this episode it's it's just so heroic and celebratory at the same time um and and it's really kind of the the first time we get the idea musically that Mando is going to be the good guy. You know, he's not just a a, a gray character, but he's going to be the good guy. So, yes. the good guy who has gray, that moment, but is 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 still a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so. it's so good. It's so so good. <sighs> well, what's your number three, sir? Well, as as it may easily pan out, my number three is Chapter Three: The Sin. Um, uh, you know, just uh, man, the, the, this show. I, I've I've said this um, probably on the show before, but I, I me me and our friend uh, Jim Urso, we he, whenever I watch the show, I usually he and I are texting with one another, and uh, we both agree <laughs> that chapters one through three are like the perfect mini movie for the Mandalorian. Um, yes. And honestly, I would love it if someday they actually put those all together and put it in, put it in theaters. I'd be more excited to see that than a lot of, a lot of other things <laughs> that are, that are, that would be coming out. Um, I'd just love to see that on the big screen. But uh, chapter three is, uh, is chock full of great moments and it was hard to pick one. Um, and I wanted to pick one that wasn't exactly tied into the, the piece of music I'm going to share. Um, but it turns out that my, as a result, my favorite moment is the one that you picked, Jason, which is the moment when the Mandalorian chooses to go get the child. Um, and and if I'm being honest, that that was the moment the first time I watched the episode that I like had just like this really strong visceral response when he goes back to the ship. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's really going to leave the child there. Holy crap. I can't believe it. And then he catches, you know, the lever with the ball not quite on it because of the child. And like, what a testament to whether it's Pedro Pascal or not in the costume in that moment. But again, just a great sense of body acting. Um, I mean, we're getting so much and there's not even that much music in this moment. If you really think about it, it's really just all like the way that the the, the camera is working. I, I believe chapter three is directed by Deborah Cho, um, who is doing mm. the Kenobi series, which is awesome. Um, but the way she just kind of zooms in on his, on his mask, even though you can't see his face, you know, he is tortured right now about what to do. And then when he stands up and grabs his gun and leaves the ship, I'm just like, yes, every time, like he just, he goes to do the right thing. Um, and that's also where my, you know, my theme ties in, um, very similar to kind of what yours was Jason, but it's. Doing what to quote Ben Kenobi, you must do what you feel is right, of course, <laughs> you know, um, but that's exactly it. You know, in life, when we are in positions that are really, really, really hard to make a choice, it's so important to make the right one. And sometimes the right one is the mm-hmm. hardest one, like you pointed out, Jason. Um, yeah. So Mandalorian choosing to go back and rescue the child shows that he pays attention to those feelings. He's very in tune with what's going on in his heart. And frankly, in the world of star Wars and using star Wars language, paying attention to your feelings is the same thing as paying attention to the will of the force. Um, yeah, you know, and, and so I love that moment. I love that moment where 
he is so, you know, like the fact that he even, he asks the, the client, what are your plans with it? Which you're not supposed to do as a guild member. You're not supposed to ask. And then he asks grief Karga. Like he's obviously very concerned about what's going to happen to this child because of his own experience as a foundling. And it's something that's really bothering him. And again, like I talked about in our, you know, that episode a few weeks ago with the tempter figures and this, you know, grief Karga kind of tempts him to say, Hey, just, you know, go grab some, some spice and forget about it. (laughs) You know, dull the feeling. But he pays attention yeah. to what he's really feeling, and he acts on that feeling of doing what's right. And it, it's just such a great message. Um, <clears throat> uh, but my favorite musical piece from this chapter is um, the track Mando Rescue. I just love this so much when the Mandalorians nice. show up to save the day, um, specifically uh, the moment when Paz Vizsla shows up with his big... Star Wars machine gun and starts laying down the law. You know, again, if you're ever, uh, if there's ever something at the gym you're trying to accomplish and you're having trouble, trust me, put that song on. You're going to get through it. <laughs> um, I just, I love that yeah. track so, so, so much. And I, I mean, obviously months ago when this episode first came out, I did an entire mini episode by myself on the show about that track and, and kind of breaking it down minute by, you know, second by second. Um, so if you're interested, look back in the feed, it's in there. Um, but yeah, I just, I love that track so much. It's, it it gives us the theme for the Mandalorians. It obviously gives us the Mandalorians theme worked all into it. You've got this beautiful harmony as he kind of makes the decision, um, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways that decision to do the right thing is recognized by the rest of his tribe, right? They recognize that he did something that cost him a lot and they're going to go, they're going to go reward him for doing what was right, even if it costs them a lot. So, um, yeah, I just I love how the music just captures that so beautifully. And of course, during that music, you have that. I love that exchange between him and Paz Vizsla. Get out of here. We'll hold him off. You're going to have to relocate the covert. This is the way. This is the way. I just like, oh, my God, that it's just so chilling, especially when like 15 minutes ago they were slashing vibro knives at each other. Um, uh-huh. My God, just so good. So. So very, very good. Yes. Um, so what is your second favorite Mandalorian episode, Jason? Second favorite Mandalorian episode. Uh, we're going to go all the way down to chapter seven, The Reckoning. Um, this is, of course, the first part of the two-part season finale. Um, this episode's got a lot happening in it. It's it's a big setup episode for, you know, everything that pays off in the final episode, but there's a lot going on that I really, really enjoy. Uh, my favorite moment from this episode, and it was tough uh, because I almost picked the moment where Quill and Kara had their confrontation in the Razor, Quet, Razor Crest um, hold, but um, 
for whatever reason, this time around watching it and during my rewatch uh, yesterday and today, um, my favorite moment right now is uh, Grief switching sides. Mm. When Grief decides he's going to join Kara and the Mandalorian and Quill and help out the the child. Um, obviously, it's because, you know, the child healed him and that helped him, you know, start, you know, second guessing everything. But that moment where he's, you know, all right, well, here we are. It's time to do this. And he just spins and takes out his henchmen uh, in one quick movement. And he's like, all right, it, it's just we're going to do this. Let me give you the, the the deal, you know, and I'd like to help. So uh, for whatever reason, that moment is the one that really stuck out of my, is my favorite one this time around. So um, I really like that. Uh, because it means that, you know, the changes that are happening with Din are affecting others. Mm. So, yeah, um, which I like. Uh, favorite theme from this episode? Uh, you're more than what your past says, you know, which goes back to the other moment that I almost picked. Um, and that goes to, you know, Quill telling, you know, Kara to her, to her face, you know, hey, you don't judge me by my servitude to the Empire. Uh, that's not who I am. That was not my choice. You know, uh, the, you know, grief's past, you know, doesn't, you know, and, and where he is right now doesn't, um, you know, doesn't define the choices that he makes now uh, to, to switch sides and things like that. Um, Kara's past uh, with her hatred for the Empire uh, as a you know Republic shock trooper, Rebel drop trooper, um, kind of fades uh, a little bit when the importance of keeping Mando and the child safe rise. You know, everything sort of the past sort of fades uh, when everyone has to come together and things start getting rough uh, and they have to, to really team up. Of course, in you know, episode eight, uh, Moff Gideon starts, you know, trying to throw their past at them again, but doesn't really stick too well. Uh, but that's my favorite theme from this episode. Uh, favorite piece of music. And this one's very sentimental. Um, it's a uh, quill. Uh, Quill has a great theme, and of course, this is the episode where he gets killed at the end, mm. so. The, the the track to me kind of just sounds like you know the spirit and the uh, the help that Quill and the respect that Quill has uh, for all of these people just sort of building up and then working its way into 
the motif for the child, which is the chimes. And then it ends with a statement of the Mandalorian theme. And it's sort of like the, in my estimation of this track, it's sort of like the impact that Quill has had on these two characters. Um, so, uh, you know, it's just, I, I love that little track. It's, you know, Quill is my favorite character from the show. Hmm. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, I love Quill. Uh, so uh, I have to throw something in there with him. So, yeah. But yeah, that was... And, and it really is sort of like his spirit, his impact that he left on them is kind of, I feel like, still out there, you know? Yeah. Even though I think that track played, you know, when they showed up at his homestead, um, that track could have been from, you know, at any point you know, here on after. So sure. Yeah. Um, it's funny when I was, I was finished, I was watching chapter seven and eight tonight before we, we, we were recording and my roommate happened to come in and he's and you know, right before Quill gets killed and he's like, Oh, you know, what is it about that character that you really like? Cause, cause I also love Quill. And I said, well, I go, he is, he, to me, like he fits that he's, he's the Western trope of the wisdom character, right? Like that's why we did an episode on wisdom characters a little while back. And we talked about Quill. Um, but the thing I love specifically about Quill is it's very clear. He's had a very rough life and yet he chooses to still see the best in everyone and in everything. And that's what I love about him. And it's, and again, there'd be no shame if Quill was a bit of a bitter, a bitter character because he's had a very rotten lot in life but he chooses to continue to see what's good about life. And I just, I love that about him. You know, just like every other character that the Mandalorian gives us, they've all been beaten around to some degree and have had some rough experiences in life. And a lot of them hold on to some bitterness because of that. And that's valid, but Quill chooses not to. And I think that's just what makes him such an inspiring character. So love that you got that in there. Yeah. I love him so much. All right. What's your number two, sir? Well, I guess it's probably going to be your number one because I don't believe you've talked about this. Um, it's chapter four, Sanctuary. Um, love this episode, and I have a feeling you do as well. Um, but, you know, uh, it's it, – I love the, the – I just want to start by saying the title of the episode is perfect because it is – it's almost – I mean it is essentially the midpoint of the season, and it's this moment of respite and rest, and that's what I love about this episode. Um, my favorite moment in the episode, um, again, classic Carl pick here, but it's the little conversation between Omera uh, and Din um, when he when she's offering him some food and he reveals a little bit about his his past and um, talks about how he was raised because she says, you know, when did you last take that helmet off? And he says, yesterday. I love that because it's like he obviously takes it off. <laughs> She's like, no, I met in front of someone else. And then he, you know, indicates the children outside playing. He says, pretty much about their age. And he kind of just opens up to her and says, like, listen, like these the, these people, the Mandalorians, found me and raised me and gave me a life. Um and and I'm really happy with the life that I have. Um, and the thing that's wonderful is like, she obviously doesn't quite get it. She doesn't understand that, that notion, but she respects it, right? She doesn't get on him about taking it off. She's not judging him about it. And at the same time, like he understands that she doesn't understand. So he, he tells his truth. He tells her why this matters. And and again, like this scene, 
encapsulates why I love the episode because it is this moment where folks can kind of just, you know, rest for a moment and dare to be vulnerable, if you will. And what's so great about that moment is right after she leaves, it's the only time in the entire season where we see Din Djarin take his helmet off. Now, Grand, yes, we don't see his face in that moment, but he takes the helmet off. And I've always thought it's kind of weird because the window's open and they're like right there. I mean, how do they not see him? <laughs> but, but to me, like the point of that from the camera angle is to show us that he's allowing himself to rest here. Like there is a sense of vulnerability he's willing to have in this in this space. And, and I love that. Um, and that kind of leads me to my theme for the episode, which is that we all have a need and a desire for rest <laughs> and that that desire is a good one. You know, we all need rest. Um and we all need moments where we can just relax, take our helmets off and breathe a little bit. And, you know, this is something that the Mandalorian also really wants for the child. Um, but it's something that he's not willing to allow for himself just yet. He, he can't fully enter into that rest quite yet. He feels like there's still something more for him to do. But at the same time, he recognizes the value and importance of taking rest. Um, so I love that about this episode. It just, it, in a, in a, in a, in a lot of ways, Jason, I think the reason I love this episode so much is that it captures that feel, um, of what it was like to be in Mos Espa and Phantom Menace. Uh, Katie, I remember said this a, a long time ago, where Katie talked about how that you had that at home feeling when you're at Mos Espa with like Anakin and Shmi. And I get that same sense, mm-hmm. that same sensibility, that same feeling throughout much of the time, um, the Mandalorian is on Sorgan. Um, my favorite piece of music, and again, there's there's a lot of good stuff in here, but uh, my favorite piece of music is the track Training the Plebs. So, like, literally, totally different vibe from everything I was just talking about. But it's just such a oh, yeah. it's such a cool track. I mean, as the uh, you know, as Kara and Mandalorian are training the villagers how to defend themselves, it's just this really cool, like, fun military style of music um, that just once again has a really cool Ludwig Göransson groove to it. So um, that's that's what I got for Chapter Four. I'm would love to hear what your favorite episode of the Mandalorian from season one was Jason. Well, it's actually funny enough. This episode, no. uh, chapter four <laughs> sanctuary. Um, <laughs> I feel like you and I are probably in the minority in that. We love this episode so much. Um, but I really do. This episode is so good in my opinion. Mm. Um, largely because it really sort of marks the transition into the new life for Mando and the child. Like this is, this is that threshold, you know, you're right. The first three episodes are such a great, like mini movie for this show. Um, And this is the next thing. And, but they have to take stock of things in order to figure out what that means. Um, Although my favorite moment in this episode 
uh, as much as I, I love a lot of that stuff with Omera and, you know, and things like that. And I'll get to that in a moment with my theme, but uh, my favorite moment in the scene is the, the brawl between Cara Dune and uh, Din um, followed, of course, immediately by <laughs> the, the sipping uh, child uh, as they lay on the ground, blaster to blaster. Um, and you just get, <laughs> and the child there with his little cup of tea or whatever, he's got his broth, his bone broth. Um, so yeah, I, I love that moment so much. It is absolutely one of my favorite moments of the entire series. Um, but you're right. The, the theme from this episode I took again, very similar to you is, you, you know, um, take the time to rest, you know, while you can, because, you know, they've been going and going and going and going, but you have to rest. You have to take a moment to take stock of things, to, to breathe and to reset. You know, you have to, you can't just be busy, 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 you know, and, and to, to take this out of the episode itself and into our own lives. Um, I think, I think we think if we're not busy, a lot of people uh, think if they're not busy, that means they're not being productive. Um, and sometimes the, but sometimes the best thing you can do is just rest, uh, take a moment, take a breather, reset, refocus and figure out what the next step is so that you can accurately see the way ahead. Because, and while, you know, Din doesn't necessarily get that clear of a focus moving forward, he's definitely, in terms of, of what he is supposed to be doing um, in terms of occupation, he does get that clear of a focus in terms of keeping the child safe. Because in this moment of rest, he gets to really learn about the child, study the child, and figure out what the child needs. Which is why he wants to leave him here. You know? But of course, the bounty hunter... An Ord Mantel changes everything. Um, oh wait, not Ord Mantel. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, the bounty hunter showing up changes all of that, uh, and they're on the run again. But I, I love the fact that you know, not only is he focusing on the child uh, because of this rest uh, and really figures that out, he also gets presented with the possibility of something else for him in the future. You know, he could be at rest too. He doesn't take it, um, but he could he could enjoy that rest. He could en- have a happy life. I think the Mandalorian is satisfied with what he does, but I don't think he's happy at this point with what he does. Right, And, think- and happiness is something that is finally sort of presented as an option to him here in this episode, and he doesn't know what to do with it. Right. Because she, Omera asks him in that moment, are you happy here? He doesn't answer it. He doesn't answer the question. Nope. Um, nope. Because I don't think it's a question he's ever asked himself. No. So it's not a question that a warrior culture I, is going to ask either, right? No. I don't think that's a, something that they value. So. No. It, it's not the way, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is not. But but he recognizes the value of it, right, by saying like, but it, but but he belongs here, you know, referencing the child. Yes, exactly. Um, favorite piece of music is, is the same as yours. <laughs> the plebs. Yeah. I love this music. It's just so good. Uh, I love a good horn and drum section. 
Yeah, it's good. Oops, sorry, this is more like... <laughs> Hurry, make your work! playing that twice <laughs> <laughs> much to say about why it's my favorite again this is just one that, that catches me and gets me excited and pumped up and i love it so um it's my favorite piece of music from this episode but carl um i'm interested to hear you explain to us why <laughs> uh episode two the child is your favorite uh, oh. this is one i knew from the start was going to be your favorite <laughs> oh my god jason every time i watch chapter two it just it makes me happy. It inspires me. And this to me is the single best episode of the Mandalorian in my, in my opinion. Um, and it's so funny because I remember, I I'll just never forget watching this episode because, um, I was with my buddy, Greg and my friend, Ben, um, Zen Kenobi on Twitter. Uh, and we were over at Ben's house. We'd all watched the first episode, obviously, and loved it. We were all blown away totally rocked our expectations. And I remember it was the three of us plus uh, my friend Ben's youngest son. And we're sitting there. I was sitting on a beanbag chair right in front of their, their TV, kind of like almost like in a movie theater, (laughs) looking up at it because I was so close to the screen. And Uh I remember just that opening shot where you see the child so cute. And I was like, this is so great. But when the episode ended, I was like, Oh man, I felt so disappointed to be completely honest. Cause I felt like nothing really happened. And then I got home, I ate some dinner, and I watched it again after dinner that night. And I'm like, what am I thinking? This is unflippin' believable. And ever since then, it's just been like, this has been to me like what I've held the bar up to. I just, I love chapter two so much. And picking a favorite moment was tough because there's so many good ones. I'm so glad you talked about the Mudhorn fight because that's right up there with, with so many of them. Um, but if I'm being honest with myself, it's actually the end of the episode when uh, Quill and the Mandalorian are rebuilding the Razor Quest. Razor Crest. I did it too. <laughs> we both said Razor Quest. The Razor Quest. The Razor Quest. <laughs> we both become the child. Um, yes. So uh, that's what he's going to call the ship. That'll be his first word. Razor Quest. Yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, it's. I, I. I love the music in that moment. I love. Um, the fact that they're working together, um, but also that like it shows how productive these two characters are when they work together. And then the it, to me, it leads right up to the to them parting ways where once again, the Mandalorian offers him some money, offers him, you know, like, hey, I can make you a member of my crew. You're you're obviously incredibly skilled. I could use you and I can pay. And Quill just says, no, like. I've worked my whole life. Like I, I just want to be at peace and you brought that peace to me and they just both beautifully say like, and Mandalorian says, then all I can offer is my thanks. And I offer mine as well. You brought peace to my Valley. Like I just, the gratitude these two characters hold for each other in that moment is just so beautiful to me. Um, I love it so much. And, um, and to me as well, when uh, Quill, when, when, or when, when Mandalorian is thanking Quill, he's, I think in, he's kind of thanking him in two parts. One, yes, literally thank you for 
helping me rebuild my ship and negotiate with these Chawas. But I think there's something more to that. Thanks. I think he's also thanking Quill for really believing in him as a Mandalorian. Um, I love that moment when he comes back from the Mudhorn fight and he says to Quill, I'm surprised you waited. And Quill's response is, I'm surprised it took you so long. He just believes. Again, he's still in this wonder and awe of Din Djarin because he's a Mandalorian. So I just, I love that stuff um, so much. My theme for this, actually, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save my theme for a second. So my piece of music was originally The Next Journey, just like you, Jason, because it's, it's my favorite piece of music in the entire season so far. But since you talked about it, nice. and I'm probably going to use it to take end the show, um, there is another piece of music <laughs> that that I do really, really love from this episode, and it's in the in the um, track "The Trashed Crest," and I think it's where we first really get to hear um, Quill's theme, and it's when he goes back to find Quill. So, sorry, I didn't have this ready in my notes yet, so I got to find it really quick. Um, oh, here it is. I consider that Quill's theme because it's what we hear when he goes there in chapter two. And it's what we also hear when he and Cara Dune go back in, uh, in chapter seven. Um, yeah. And it, it is this beautiful kind of like restful music. And, and it starts right after, again, I'm, I'm really cheating here a lot, Jason. I apologize, but that beautiful quick little moment when the Mandalorian gets finished looking over his destroyed ship and he sits down and just sighs deeply. Um, just like, what do I do now? So he goes back to the person that's offered him help. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so, uh, I just, oh, I love this it, to keep things short. Cause again, I could talk about this episode for another hour probably. Um, <laughs> but to me, the theme of this episode in a lot of ways, it's one of the major themes to me of the series so far is this theme about never giving up just to keep standing mm-hmm. up, no matter how many times you get knocked down get back on your feet and keep fighting, um, keep moving forward. And honestly, Jason, it reminds yeah. me a lot of a central theme of the Rocky movies, which interestingly enough, you've got, you know, um, uh, Carl Weathers in the show who was Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies. You've got Ludwig Gorenson doing the music who did the music beautifully for the two Creed movies, you know, the two most recent Rocky movies. And one of the central in, – in, in a way, like the Rocky stories are kind of like the American dream story, the, the reality of you know really working hard to get what you're after. Um, and there's a very famous line in the Rocky movies. That I'm going I'm to play this clip, clip really quick from the movie Balboa. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how – to me, like that's 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 chapter two of the Mandalorian. It's not about how hard you can hit, but it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. That's what's so important in life, um, and that's what I love about the Mandalorian is he just he keeps giving it his all. He's never going to give up, and I think that's a great just general message that no matter how hard we get knocked down as we're going after 
you know, our journeys in life, just keep getting back up. Um, cause it's worth it. So yeah, I love chapter yeah. two so much. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good, good theme, good lesson. So I love it. Well, we well, made it, Carl. We did it. We did it. We did it in under two hours. I'm proud of us. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we have reviewed season one for you by ranking them uh, and giving you our favorite moments, themes, and pieces of music uh, that should hopefully tide you over for the next few days while we all eagerly await the arrival of season two of The Mandalorian. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, I know. It. <laughs> I know. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad that we did this episode because it gave me the perfect excuse, like you said at the beginning, to rewatch what you know season one in preparation for season two now i i've got it all fresh in my brain and i can just see what what threads are picked up and where we move on from here for season two so, yeah i'm so excited yeah really excited um so you know you just got to listen to us talk for quite a while about some of the things we loved in season one of the Mandalorian. So for our poll for next week's episode, and of course next week we'll be back to talk about the premiere of season two of Mandalorian, talk about everything that happens in that episode and maybe make some predictions and desires for what we might think moving forward into season two. But what we want to know from all of you is what is your favorite episode of season one of the Mandalorian? Yes. Uh, I'm very curious to see what everybody thinks because, uh, like I said, um, I think you and I are probably in the minority of having Sanctuary yes. so high on our lists. Yeah, I think um, so. But uh, I I would love to see what everyone else thinks. You know, there, there's some great episodes, and I have my suspicions as to what might be uh, the, the top three. But um, I'm very curious to see what all of our Larians say. So. Yes. Well, uh, Carl, if people want to weigh in on our discussion or just respond to our poll for next week, uh, where can they do that? Of course, we are on Twitter at Wampas Lair. Um, we are on Facebook at Wampas Lair Podcast. You can always email us at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at the underscore Wampas Lair. And uh, we are, of course, on Patreon, getting a little more involved over there. So head over to patreon.com slash if you want to be part of our Patreon community. Indeed. And we're really, you know, working at, at creating a community over there for all of our Patreon supporters. So thank you so much, everyone, for being a part of that, um, if you are. Well, that'll wrap up this episode. You got anything else, Carl? No, sir. All right. Well, we're heading into uh, the sunset for season two of The Mandalorian. This has been episode number 401 of the Wampus Lair podcast. This is our way. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. <laughs>